Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Edge of Comfort podcast, where we explore the adventures, perspectives, and philosophies of world travelers. I am your host, Lee Thornquist, and thank you for listening. Before I introduce today's guest today, I have an exciting announcement to make, so bear with me for a moment. Life has a way of sucking us into routine, comfort, and familiarity. While these aspects of life have their time and place, they often lead to a state of stagnation, a state where we feel stuck, like we are just going through the motions, and where we ask ourselves anxiety-inducing questions like, is this really all there is to life? The good news is we can break from these feelings and discover life outside our comfort zones. Every day, we have the choice and the power to expand our comfort zones in seemingly small ways. Ways we can begin working on today with little to no preparation. Ways that when done continuously and repeatedly day after day can potentially catalyze huge growth in our body, mind, spirit, and more. However, we won't change unless we intentionally decide to exercise this choice. Why? Well, change is uncomfortable. It's personally uncharted territory. It can appear unsafe and fool us into thinking we won't know how to navigate. It can even make us afraid of what we'll uncover or leave behind. If we really want to grow and improve ourselves, we have to be willing to experiment in different areas of our lives to see what does or does not work for us. And this is why you are invited to join Edge of Comfort Life Challenges. Edge of Comfort Life Challenges are a free and open community where you are given one challenge every month designed to push you out of your comfort zone to catalyze growth. Now the goal of these is to experiment with different areas of your life to create consistent incremental growth that impact your entire well-being and add up to big improvements over the month and hopefully beyond. Challenges will explore areas such as health, whether that's mental, physical, spiritual, your relationships with yourself and other people, pursuing your interests, and much more. Some examples include starting your day with 30 minutes of movement, which is actually the challenge for this month, May 2019, practicing meditation for 5 to 10 minutes every day, attempting to have one genuine conversation with someone new each day, or maybe something like only eating fruit until noon, which I know sounds crazy but does have some science behind it, which is why challenges will be backed by strong reasons and examples of benefits you may experience by the end of the month. Simply put, these challenges are a way for all of us to start or continue down the path of personal growth and becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable. So the May challenge is underway already, but you can still sign up for free and get started challenging yourself by going to edgeofcomfort.com forward slash life dash challenges. Now, the reason I even created this community and these challenges is partly due to the conversation that you're about to hear today. I was very inspired by some of the things my guest had done in her life and had more recently done. And I made me think about some own things in my life and how I could continuously challenge myself. So on today's episode, we are joined by Celine DaCosta. Celine is a brand story and life design coach for visionary leaders 
who want to master the art of storytelling so they can deeply connect with their audience, create a captivating brand that sells, and scale their business with impact. In 2016, she left her unfulfilling corporate marketing career in New York City and decided to become the architect of her own life. This meant crafting a story that allowed her to infuse every day with meaningful moments of human connection, internal space for self-discovery, and opportunities to pursue her passions, all while seeing the world. Celine's mission is to create a life story that is full of joy, meaning, and purpose, and to empower you to do the same so that you can manifest your life and business vision into a reality that fulfills you and inspires others. So since leaving corporate America, Celine has helped her six- and seven-figure clients become confident leaders with powerful stories, influential brands, gain international media coverage, and thousands of raving followers. Celine graduated from University of Pennsylvania. She is a master NLP communication practitioner, which is neuro-linguistic programming. She is a certified life, social and emotional intelligence, and motivational coach. She's also visited over 50 countries and now travels full-time while running her business. Celine has been featured in major publications around the world, some of these including Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Business Insider, and she has a loyal community of over 50,000 dreamers who are following her adventures around the world. So just a few things she's done, uh, you know, incredible accomplishments already, and she such a joy to talk to and share just so much wisdom in our short conversation. And some of the things that we do talk about in today's conversation include how she traveled around the world by only staying with people that she had some sort of human connection with. So essentially, she couch surfed around the world, but not actually using the couch surfing site, which is an incredible feat in it, in and of itself. Uh, we also talk about living a life of integrity and why integrity is such an important value to Celine. Her effort to be more vulnerable by doing a challenge on Instagram this last March, which was called 30 Days of Radical Rawness. And similarly to this, we talk about the layers of vulnerability. Um, I highly encourage you to go check out her Instagram to see some of these things she talked about on 30 Days of Radical Rawness. Her Instagram is uh, Celine DaCosta, that's C-E-L-I-N-N-E-D-A-C-O-S-T-A, Celine DaCosta. Uh, we also talk about how she built a successful career coaching people in their business and life and a career that she can essentially do from anywhere in the world as long as she's got good enough Wi-Fi. And we talk about a lot more in this short conversation. It is one of the shorter ones, but it goes in depth, and I think you're going to really enjoy it. And Celine really does have a fascinating story and a lot more than what you're just going to hear from today. So I highly encourage you to go and kind of learn more about her. Um, best places for this are either her website, selinedacosta.com, or following her story on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, also at Celine DaCosta. One more time, that's C-E-L-I-N-N-E-D-A-C-O-S-T-A, Celine DaCosta. You can find full show notes and links to the things we reference at edgeofcomfort.com forward slash EOCP28. That's the numbers 28. You can also watch our conversation in the video on the blog post 
or on Edge of Comfort's YouTube page. Finally, make sure to stick around at the end for the question of the episode. Thank you so much to Celine for just coming on and sharing some of her story with us. Thank you for listening, and let's go. Good morning. What's all the commotion? Wow. Are banana fish big? Same, same, but different. If I can't scuba, then what's this all been about? Welcome to the Edge of Comfort podcast with your host, Lee Thornquist. All right, Celine, it is wonderful to have you on today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I am uh, really excited to talk with you and just doing some research on your story and your life was a treat in itself. You have a lot of interesting stories and different experiences in your life so far. And one of the things that really stood out to me initially was when you're getting ready to go on this kind of social experiment, you called it, to go travel around the world by only staying with people who you shared some sort of connection with, whether a friend of a friend or a friend of a friend of a friend or some way that you had met them and not using the actual site Couchsurfing, which major props, that is very impressive. And so in one of your videos that you made right before you were leaving, you talked about how you were going only with your backpack and your integrity. And so my question is, why is integrity the one value that you mentioned in this and why was that so important for you to keep throughout this trip? Wow. That's, that's pretty new, fresh and new question. I haven't gotten before. <laughs> Thank you. But, um, yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah. My integrity, um, because one of the things that I realized is, um, the life that I had been living for those 25 years up until now, I was 25 when I left for that trip. Um, especially in the past few years, like working in New York city in corporate, um, essentially like I had gotten to the peak of, um, what I thought was the American dream. Like I, I had spent years and years and years and years, like working to this moment for this moment where I would be in New York city and one of like the top like companies in my industry, um, just in a job that I've always wanted and boom, like I like expected it to be like, okay, now I'm fulfilled. Now I've done it. I've like finally done what I like thought was not possible, which was like to achieve this like American dream that has been fed to me since I came to the States. Um, and when I, you know, I got there and I, I realized in those years where I just like, wasn't, I wasn't like, I had never felt like I was me since I, in the past, like, you know, one of the struggles since I moved to the States, but I was just like, I'm like a shell of a person now. And I'm like in this peak. So quote unquote, this peak of who I'm meant to be, but who I am is not someone like, I don't like this. I, I like me, but I don't like who I become in these circumstances. I don't like who I am as somebody who consistently hustles, consistently is like never has time for her friends, never has like the ability to actually like do what she wants to do and is always working hard to make someone money who whose like values I question. I'm like, why am I doing this? And when 
I left for this journey, the reason why the word integrity comes up is because I hit a point because of many events, which you've probably read about in my story. I hit a point where I was like, if honestly, if I keep going, if I keep living one more day in this life, I am lying to myself. I am living a lie. And I, now that I'm aware of it, I'm consciously choosing to live a lie. And to me, the thought of that made me sick to my stomach because I thought, you know, one of the things, one of the values I grew up with and that were instilled with me since I was a child, thank God, um, was honesty, was honesty, was integrity, was not just not just being honest, but acting according to that honesty, because integrity is one step beyond honesty. Integrity means you're honest, you know, like you're honest to yourself, and then you actually act in, in coherence to that honesty. So it's, it's, it's the action piece. And um, I couldn't bear to know that I could live my life acting in a way that did not match the truth that I knew, which was that I did not belong. This was not who the true, like my truest self. It wasn't the person that I wanted to be. It wasn't the life that I wanted to live. And if I kept going, I would be doing it for someone else. I wouldn't be doing it. I would not be doing it for myself. It was unbearable. So that's why I say with my uh, carry on, and my integrity because I took that back when I left. So what were you hoping to, well, I guess first off, how long were you living in when you felt like this shell and like kind of living that lie? Cause I feel like that's, that's a place where myself I've experienced and it is an awful and miserable place. Even when you do continue living that. And that's probably a place where so many people are living right now as we speak. So mm-hmm. how long did you live in that? And when were you like, okay, this has to change now and I'm actually going to change it? Well, it's, uh, I was, you know, living in New York City um, for three years, but as you probably know, it's not, it wasn't those three years. It goes far, far beyond that, right? It's like the, the seeds were being planted um, since, I would say, since I came to the U.S. as a child when I was 10 years old, um, you know, the years of struggling to fit in, of having to mold myself to be, uh, you know, quote unquote American, to be somebody who actually didn't get picked on because of the way that she looked or the way she wore or her funny accent, somebody who um, did was able to kind of go by culture undetected, you know, was it didn't have to check off the Latino box and like kind of reveal that like she didn't belong, um, you know, and even through the all the years that, you know, this inability to fit in and, and like, you know, living in a suburban town where, you know, the median income was like a hundred thousand and having, um, coming from a family where, because after my stepfather walked out on us, we were like at 20 K, like we weren't like, I don't want to say we're like extreme poverty, but we were not, we did not have income, you know, and, and kind of growing up and having to put on this mask and continuously pretend, um, that I could pretend that I could pretend that I could. And, uh, you know, the good news of that is that I pretended so much that I did do it. Um, you know, I did end up going to one of the best universities in, in the States. I did um, end up, um, getting the grades and getting the job and, and finally ending up in New York city. But what was the cost? The cost was years and years of, having to push down literally to suffocate who I really am so that that person wouldn't come through because that person didn't, would not be accepted. Um, it was years of struggling with anxiety and depression because I unconsciously did not like allow myself, um, to, I didn't, I didn't like, you know, with the depression, I didn't know it at the time. And then I understand now that it was just like, it was just a complete denial of myself. Um, it was years and years of just, pretending and and being angry and wishing, um, you know, just 
replacing my vulnerability with feelings like anger and resentment and defensiveness um, to the point where I get to New York City and I'm in this job and um, I'm working 10 hours a day, if not more. Uh, I'm making money um, for companies that I don't really know what their values are. I'm not clear on what the hours that I'm putting in, like on what the actual output is, I'm not contributing to society in any way, shape or form. Um, but my days are just basically like a haze of waking up, going to the gym, going to work, meeting someone from drink for drinks, whether it's like a date or like an acquaintance or a network person who can maybe get me like a better job so I can make more money. Um, and then going home and being so exhausted that just pass out, you know, um, never really having any time to, have real connections or even work on the things that I love. So when you do decide then to leave this lifestyle behind and making any change in your life, even if it's one I feel like you know you kind of want and just leaving what you know behind, you know, when you decide, okay, I'm going to leave this behind, I'm going to go travel the world, did you did you know it was for a set period of time? Was it kind of op- open-ended? And what was you most afraid of at this time going into this journey? Um, so when I decided to leave, um, it wasn't, I didn't, I had one moment where I said today I changed my life, but, um, in that moment I wasn't like, okay, I'm going to travel the world. Um, it was more like, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I can't live this another day longer. I won't accept this, but I didn't actually have the answer of like, oh, I'm going to go travel the world for six months. Like that was not on my, in my consciousness. Um, it started off with me looking for jobs, the same job, but in Europe, I was like, okay, I'll just change countries, like switch it up, um, get something new up in here. So maybe that'll shake me out of my funk. Um, started to interview for that, realized, holy crap, this is the same thing. So then, um, like, I'm just basically going to be doing the same thing, but, like, in a different country, what difference does it really make? Um, so then I realized to change industries. Like, I started going from looking from advertising into I went into tech. I'm like, oh, tech, it's cooler. Like, you know, Facebook and Google, which is, you know, where I interviewed with in Europe, like, they're, they're great. Like, they have more flexible hours and free food and all this stuff. Like, this must be better. Um, interviewing with them, realizing still that itch was not being scratched. Um, and that's when the idea of like, what if I just say like, fuck it to all of this <laughs> and just do something completely different? Like, what if I just don't even like what I, what if I just try something that I never thought I could? And that's when I was like, I had this, I was like, what if I travel the world? Oh my God, that'd be so crazy. But like, okay, wait, maybe is it crazy? Um, and then because, you know, I'm very, ambitious and career driven. I was like, I can't just backpack around the world, just like aimlessly wandering like that. Does that's not going to fulfill me either. Um, I have to make this into like a thing. This has to be like an experiment, like a social experiment, something <laughs> so awesome that I won't give up on it. I won't be like wa- wandering around the world with like a lost look in my eye, but I'll actually, I needed like a, a goal um, for myself. And that's where, you know, through the months, like it just started to simmer in my head. And all of a sudden I was like, what if I do this social experiment in which I um, travel around the world by uh, circumnavigate the globe by um, couch surfing and uh, doing it in uh, by sleeping in the homes of strangers. And in terms of the timeline that I decided, I actually was like open-ended. The only thing that was restraining me is that I had to get back into the U.S. after six months. So I had to touch U.S. soil within six months um, because I have a green card. I had a green card. I'm a, I'm a citizen now, but I had a green card at the time. So I, it was like a, a constraint. Um, so, but I knew it was, I didn't say to myself, this is going to be six months. I'm going to say like, okay, I know that I need to hit like, and I ended up hitting Hawaii. 
Um, and, uh, but I, this journey, it was a little bit open-ended with the knowledge that within a year or so, um, I needed to like get my shit together. So I was just like, I'm going to do this project and just see what is at the end of this tunnel. Um, and worst case scenario, I just go back home right where I started and I just get a, the same job, better paying. Cause now I have like this experience somewhere in my belt and I'm just right where I started. So I had tons of fears. I had tons and tons of fears. Um, it's actually to this day, the most terrifying decision I've made in my life. Um, but I knew that what was more terrifying was the prospect of spending, um, the next 10, 20, 30 years, um, just losing myself in, uh, in this world, the superficial world that I didn't connect with. And that to me was more scary. Um, at least I knew that if I did this, something would have to change. And it was now in my control and my power to make sure that whatever that was would be spun in a way that benefited me. That was my job was to make something out of this, even if it was just something I'd put on my resume. Like worst case, it was a year experience where I could say like I grew my social media and like learned how to like position myself better and like learned about like human research and human minds and psychology. And then boom, like application for another job. That was the very worst case scenario. I put my head and I was like, best case, I changed my life and I'm happy again. (laughs) So going into this, I'm, I imagine some things change pretty heavily after this experience, it seems like. So mm-hmm. what is like one or two limiting belief that you remember having that this experience really either just shattered or helped you move past and uh, kind of propel you into a more fulfilling area of life? Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the time, you know, it's so hard to even float my mind back. And I feel like I'm such a different human being um, than I was like those you know, three, four years ago, um, I'm trying to like, try to remember what it was like to be me back then. (laughs) Um, but one of the things that I, I, or you rather didn't believe in, I was so career driven and so wrapped and still am in, in a different way. Um, so wrapped up in this belief that like, I have to go to this company. I have to get this promotion. I have to keep climbing up the ranks for me to be somebody, for me to establish myself like very quickly. And, I would hurry through everything, you know, I would just be like, you know, okay, how fast can I get this promotion so I can get the next pay, like pay raise? Um, how fast can I like get through the circumnavigation so I can like, like even in the beginning of my trip, I would just, okay, this destination check, next destination check, the next destination check. And then things, you know, as you can imagine, uh, I haven't, I never traveled for more than a month back then at a time. And it was like, two month, three mark, like you're bound to like hit some errors. You're bound to miss some planes. Like you're bound to miss, like <laughs> shit's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, showing up at a country, you know, showing up to Myanmar with $200 to my name and realizing I couldn't withdraw from my bank because like there just isn't like access. There isn't access to my bank. And just like all this, this shit show made me realize like, what am I hurrying up for? What am I speeding my life for? What am I making myself bust my ass for six months so I can get a promotion six months faster than everyone else just so I can be miserable for those six months? And then like just it just starts all over again. It's a cycle. Um, And one of the things like that I really realized is there's there's no hurry. There's really no like we are living. And even now when I have my own business, I sometimes get caught up seeing my peers like, you know, scaling their business faster, getting more and more clients faster. And I'm just like okay, I'm here to live my life. 
I'm here to have real connections. I'm here to see the world. I'm here to change people's lives, to um, shift my clients and like actually like help them enjoy their lives and create their story. I'm not here to like hustle, 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 like go, go, go and not even pay attention to the things that are happening in my life. You know, I'm not here in Bali to be sitting in front of the computer for 12 hours a day, like working on my business. That's not why I'm here. So, um, you know, the, the short of it is the biggest, the biggest limiting belief that I had was that I had somewhere, I had somewhere to go. That was like the biggest limiting belief. And I didn't have anywhere to go at all because the, the whole magic of who I became and who I met and what I learned was just me being present in the journey this journey that is going to end until I stop reading, you know? Um, so that was it. And then the second limiting belief is, um, and actually the reason why I consciously chose to, to do this project the way I did, um, is I was starting to lose faith in people. I was starting to like, you know, seeing how we're like constantly like, and I'm, I'm one of these people. I was one of these people. I still kind of am. And I'm trying to like, but now I'm conscious about it. Um, you know, people who spend hours and hours in front of their screen on social media, paying attention to like what's happening in other people's lives and like virtually, but how like we never actually look at each other and like pay attention to each other. And that's why we become, you know, as a society or generation, it's like, it's, I'm just seeing like even things like silly things like a dating app, which I haven't done in years, but it's like, you're just swiping people like because of the way they look. Right. Or you're just like judging people because of how many followers they have on social media. Or you're like, make, we're making these like presumptions about people, not actually seeing them for who they are or paying attention to them. And I, um, it was something I believed in was like, everybody's shallow. Like everybody's just out there to look out for themselves. Like we don't really care. And, um, when I traveled and I just continued to receive acts of kindness over and over again, all these people, like I almost did this as a dare to myself to be like, let's see how fucked up people really are. Like, <laughs> let me go sleep in people's homes and let's see how many dudes try to hit on me and like have sex with me. None. You know what I mean? Like everybody helped me. Everybody was kind. I think out of like a hundred people, one of them was an asshole. Like wow. it, and, and that was like something that completely dissolved for me. I used to think that kindness was the exception, not the norm. And now I know that people, that it is the norm, it, at least in my world and the, the world I've created myself, kindness is the norm, not, and being an asshole is the exception. <laughs> That's very powerful to, to see that come about. And so something you mentioned in there kind of made me think of vulnerability, which is something you talk about a lot and a lot of people uh, who I've also had on this podcast, including Julian DeShooter, who I know uh, you know as well. He's here in Bali. I'm going to see him. This is week. he really? <laughs> yeah, he's in Bali. He's oh, no way. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so vulnerability is a very big topic um, in, in, in your own writings and kind of what's gone on in your life. So, I'm curious, like, what does being vulnerable and vulnerability actually mean to you? Like, how would you define it in your own life? Mm hmm. So it's, it's really interesting you asking that because I struggled with vulnerability. I still do. And that's also why I do these challenges. I push myself this way um, for many, many years because of, of my, back, back, my past and my background. And um, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to go into that because that can be found online now, <laughs> officially. <laughs> and uh, but when, you know, I've had so many people ask me, like, what is vulnerability? Like, what does it mean to you? And I'm always like, I don't want the fuck vulnerability is. Like, stop asking me this. Like, I don't know. And now I think I know. Uh, at least for me, you know, it's not the universal definition, but to me, it's honoring the pain and the suffering that you've gone through. Um, 
it's being unafraid to look at it, you know, unafraid to honor everything about you, the good and the bad. Um, because if you're going to sit there and, 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 uh, so it's, it, how do I explain it? There's, um, Tony Robbins actually, like I just saw his, uh, his documentary recently and he said something that really struck me, which is that it was like, if you're having an issue with your parent, like, you know, a parent was, was abusive or like really, really hurt you. If you're going to blame them for all the shit they did to you, all the bad shit they did to you, you sure as hell better blame them for the person you become. You can't just give blame to the bad and not blame the good. You sh- like, if you're going to, you know, um, if I'm going to blame you know, my stepfather, my father for not being in my life and for like being absent and for like, um, not being somebody who's there for me. I sure as hell better blame him for making me independent, for making me strong, for making me choose the right men in my life. Right. So with vulnerability for me, it's like, yeah, I've been through some shit. You've been through some shit and you know, maybe one is worse than the other, but that's irrelevant because we're not here to compare. Right. Um, and it's about like, because the pain that has caused me, like if someone was like, you know, beat or something and then someone else was like psychologically tortured, you can't compare it and it doesn't matter. It's not like, oh, I was beat. Like I have like scars to show for it. Like you don't like, this isn't like a fucking competition, which is what I keep seeing uh, online as well. This is just like, you have hurt and you have suffered and only you can know the extent of that and the way that it has broken you. That is not what we're focusing on here. We're focusing on mending it back up and looking, opening up all the doors, pulling back the curtains and letting the light shine through everything. And sometimes like to let the light shine on you being, uh, you know, on me being really independent and a really strong person and like s- someone who um, is in- has incredible resilience, like to pull that back, that curtain, it's great. Cause I am like, Oh, Hey guys, like look at me. Right. <laughs> like I'm awesome. Right. But to peel back the curtain, on the ways that I defend myself against people, on the ways that I'm quick into anger, on the ways that I can't, I'm the, my first gut reactions to mistrust men who pay too much attention to me. Like these things are shameful and they're embarrassing and they're not necessarily things that I want to talk about openly, but that light needs to shine on that too. So to me, vulnerability is honoring the good and the bad of who you are and, and letting all of that be part of your truth because when you see all of that, you see the full picture of who you are. That's when you can move forward and that's when you can heal. So with that, you've like, is that constantly evolving then as you go through life? Like, so for example, with, um, if we want to talk about your 30 days of, uh, radical rawness on Instagram, which is, seems like a very big challenge to be vulnerable and talk about these things, with anyone who follows you on Instagram and beyond. So like through that, you know, now that you've done this, like what's next in the vulnerable stages or like, you know, are there areas that you still feel like you need to work on and improve and like how does doing something so public like that kind of help work through some of these areas of your life? Hmm. Well, it's, uh, it's actually funny because, um, Someone was, uh, I just published an article on Forbes saying, like, I shared my darkest secrets on the internet for the 30 days. Here's what happened. It's been getting a lot of response. And um, 30 days, that was 30 days. That was a lot of stories. That was a lot of me revealing very intimate, dark secrets. And you know what? That I got more. Do you know what I mean? Like, that was one layer 
Because there's actually, like, I could be doing, which I'm not going to because I'm not ready for it. I could do another 30 days of radical runners and shock people with, like, what I have to say. <laughs> um, but the point is, again, this isn't a composition. This isn't, like, how shitty does my life, can my life go kind of, like, situation. But what I did through that exercise, there was several intentions. Um, the first, it was for me. Because even when I serve others, it always has to come from a place of, like, it's coming from me. You know, what I mean, it's not like to please others because that's not just, that's not how I like to work. And that's not how my most powerful work um, helps people. Um, I realized that I've gotten a point in my life where I'm very happy and I'm very fulfilled. But I'm, I was hiding things from myself um, and I wanted to heal through them. I wanted to heal through them because I've spent so much time working with other people and helping them heal now that I'm not paying attention to, to what I need in terms of my healing. So, um, the first intention was that the second intention is that I see, um, you know, in the coaching industry, especially everybody's like talking about, um, Oh, look how much money I made. Like, Oh, make money on the internet. Oh my God. Look at my amazing, like entrepreneur, like lifestyle. Like I'm on my laptop, like in front of a pool, like sipping a pina colada isn't my like wonderful. And we're constantly talking about like our successes and our achievements and using social media to curate this amazing life. Um, but we're not talking about like, what actually got us there, right? Because if you're an entrepreneur, you needed to hit a pain point bad enough where you were like, fuck this. I'm not get. I'm not sitting in an office getting comfortably paid every two weeks so that I can like kind of work and not put in my 100% because that's a pretty awesome like way to live. But that there's a pain point that may have to made you risk everything for you to do something else. And that's coming from your childhood. It's coming from things that have affected you from your passions, which nothing is random is what I'm saying. That everything, the reason why you're on this path right now, there's like layers of things of shit that had to happen for you to also be here. It's not just about you being motivated. Like the motivation has another side to it. Like the reason why you're motivated, you grew up motivated is because you were lacking something. It's because there was something in your environment that, w that triggered you to be motivated. So um, I wanted to show people how incredibly possible it is to use pain as a tool for healing and empowerment and strength to actually, instead of having, having to hide a part of yourself to, you can actually use that part of yourself as fuel to make yourself an even better, more evolved person. So for me to, I can't just tell you that because I, again, integrity. So I realized I'm going to put myself out in the spotlight for 30 days and I'm going to show you how it's done. <laughs> and guess what? Like in my article, in my Forbes article, I talk about this um, and basically what the results were, but holy shit, that was powerful. What I did, um, those 30 days, um, I healed wounds that I didn't know existed. There were things that I were still actually affecting me, um, from an anger perspective that were actually affecting how I run my business. Um, that, I released, it's almost like by digging up this old pain and talking about it and having other people be like, me too, me too, me too, me too, hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of time. I realized like I was not alone in how I felt. Um, I was not like, 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 you know, I, I, wrote, I wrote about being molested. I wrote about um, being heartbroken. Um, I wrote about um, verbal abuse. I wrote about um, being betrayed. Um, about, and, and, and I, it wasn't actually 30 soft stories. I'm not sure how you've seen, but I've also, I also wrote about, um, people helping me and coming out of nowhere to help me people who made my day, um, who didn't even know it, people who supported me when I was depressed. So I wrote about all of it and everyone coming up being like, I've been depressed. 
I've been molested. I've been emotionally like abused. I've been like heartbroken. I've me, 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 me. And I'm like, why is no one talking about this? Um, so those 30 days were incredibly healing one because I brought up old pain and I worked through it again. And once I worked through it, it was gone. I released it. It moved through my body and it, I let it go. Um, number two, it's helped many, many people realize that they can do it too, that they don't have to keep hiding themselves, that they can also talk about what hurts them in a way that empowers them instead of puts them as a victim. Number three, I created incredible connections with people, people approaching me being like both friends and strangers, friends being like, I never knew this about you. Like, thank you. Um, people that, that said like, because of what I read about you, I spoke to, you know, I have a friend who's like, I spoke to my father. We're on speaking terms again because of what you did for me, uh, what, what you wrote. I, uh, I was able to actually like forgive myself. I was able to forgive this person. So um, it catalyzed healing for me and other people. And imagine if we were all this open all the time, like we wouldn't have to hurt. We wouldn't have to suffer in a way that was like, and again, we all have to hurt sometime, but what I mean is we don't have to bottle shit up inside and store it in a dark basement until that closet is bursting and you're spending time and energy and effort just trying to hold it closed. Like that doesn't need to happen because you can use that energy for so many better things. And so how do you think someone at home can start to do this for themselves? Like does it take such a grand not grand, but such a deep dive into yourself and or doing it on public social media. Like, and in what ways did you feel like doing this in such a public forum was like, what did that do for you as opposed to if you were to maybe do this again, but keep it all private? Like you said, you have, you could do another 30 days, but maybe if you just do that for yourself, like what differences mm -hmm. could you maybe see between those two methods of going about it? Right. So I wouldn't um, sit here telling everybody to go air out their dirty laundry on social media. Um, the reason I personally did that, um, there was a couple of reasons. One is because I knew it was going to hold me accountable. If I like announced that this was something I was doing for 30 days, I was going to have to show up. Um, number two, because, um, you know, I, I have a significant amount of followers, a significant amount of readers. And I feel that if I'm, if I'm going to have like people following me, that's a choice, right? Um, and sure, some of them do it because of the pretty pictures, but a lot of them are doing it because they're reading my material or they're inspired by me. And to me, that's a responsibility. I have a responsibility to my audience to be honest um, and to be open. And uh, that's something that I, I responsibility I've taken upon myself. Nobody gave it to me. I, I give it to myself that I, I will admit, but um, I can't, like to me, again, integrity, right? It's um, acting according to your truth. And for me, like, I can't lie to my audience. I don't want to lie to my audience because to me, it's the equivalent of lying to myself. Um, and so um, I feel it as my responsibility and the work that I do, you know, I'm a highly paid coach who gets people incredible results. And the reason why I do that is because I'm, I, because of this, because I'm honest inside out. And to me, it's like, it's my responsibility to do this sort of, to carry, it was, it felt like my responsibility to carry out this sort of challenge so that I could one, um, challenge the, what the industry is doing right now publicly, which is, um, the whole, like, let's just talk about the glamorous, like millionaire laptop lifestyle and not let people in on what's actually happening in the background. So to me, it's like, I don't want people to keep 
feeling depressed and upset and like angry with themselves because they can't have like this lifestyle because they they're not like they're like oh I can't work five hours a week it's like yeah but the the five hour week comes from many many 60 hour weeks do you know what I mean so (laughs) um so yeah it, it was really about showing people how it's done by doing it just being practicing what I preach was um what I I wanted to achieve and um the second part was that it was for me personally I knew that if I was public about this, I would show up and I would do it. So it was a personal accountability thing. Um, in terms of somebody who wants to try this and actually experience that kind of healing for themselves, um, if you want to do it online, by all means, again, it's a personal preference kind of thing. But um, what I would definitely encourage you to do is to find some way of accountability where you're not like, oh, that sounds nice. And then you kind of like leave that in because it is inner work. It is a lot of inner work and you have to invest the time. You have to invest the energy to sit with yourself, to be present with yourself. So even if it's something like, you know, an exercise I could even recommend is um, to write down 10, 10 moments in your life where you felt either like the most pain and, and trauma or the most joy. Because again, when I'm talking about 30 days of radical rawness, it wasn't just about like, here's all the bad shit that's happened to me, but also the, the times where people helped me heal. It's also happy moments, right? <laughs> um, but it's really happy moments, like not just like, oh my God, this is awesome, but happy moments where that move you to the point where you're like, oh my God, like humanity is worth believing in. Kind of like that. those kind of happy moments where like a stranger does something for you that you just never could have imagined anyone would do for you. Um, so to make a list of the 10 moments um, that most impacted your life and to actually sit down with each moment and, and, and it can be like flash memories, you know, like um, it could be a moment that, that goes through a month through time or, or just like one specific moment when you're a kid that you just can't get out of your mind and actually be like, okay, why does my mind keep floating back to this moment? There's a reason why you bookmark this. And, and that reason is in your unconscious. So um, what you want to do is just start to be like, okay, let me just write about this moment. Like, at, And if you don't know what to say at first, you don't need to answer why. Just describing it. Describing the sounds. Describing the colors. Describing who was there. Like what you were doing. And just keep writing, keep writing, keep writing. And talk about your feelings. And eventually you'll get to a point where some feelings are going to come out. And you're like, oh, why was I angry? Okay, let's talk about why I'm angry. And just journal the shit out of it. <laughs> Or talk through it with somebody you trust, but it's honestly even better to do this on your own and just actually allow yourself to think about this. Allow yourself to talk about this or allow yourself to reflect on this because what ends up happening is you're like, oh, you know, that one time that, you know, one of the stories that I wrote about in my 30 Days of Radical Uranus is when this guy, like this 30-something-year-old man, like was trying to make out with me when I was five. Um, And at the time, I was five years old. Like I didn't know what was actually happening And that moment is like frozen in my head because for years and years and years, I was like, I didn't get what he was doing. I didn't get it. Right. I was like, why is this dude like, like, I didn't know what kissing was, you know what I mean? Or what child molesting, like, I didn't know. Um, And then I figured it out, you know, obviously when I was like in my teens, I was like, wow, that, that was fucked up. Um, Then I never actually thought about it. I never actually gave it more. I was like, oh God, that was weird. Cringe. Right. Um, And when I actually sat down this time and, and worked through it, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't know. I was innocent. Like, I I was a child. Um, This man has his own issues, his own pain, Um, you know, and actually going through it was incredibly healing because I was just like, wow, I don't have to blame myself for this. I don't have to like, you know, and I I feel sorry for for somebody who did that. And actually to bring in compassion and empathy, not just for myself, 
but for the person who did it. And uh, once that really, like, I really, I worked through it, like actually sat down for an hour to just work through that day, that, that moment, I was like, I don't need to like, this doesn't need to hold me back anymore, consciously or subconsciously. And I can just let go. So that's what I would really recommend as a first try. Or you can do what I do and uh, blast it on social media, but I would do it tactfully, <laughs> tactfully, really tactfully because it's what sensitive do you stuff. And you know I mean that the intention of my stories was never to say, oh, this shit happened to me. I was like taking advantage of like poor me, like feel really bad for me, like victimization because that is a different type of energy than, hey, this happened to me. Here's what happened. Uh, and it impacted me. It really hurt me. But here is what I've learned from this. And this is how I plan to move forward to like make myself a better person to help others like from this day forward. So one is victimization and the other one is empowerment. So when you're blasting your dirty laundry online, if you're just blasting it with the intention of getting things off your chest, that's better saved for your diary. If you are packaging something, you've, you've, you've thought through it and you want to share it so that you can help other people and so that you can share a lesson that you've learned that other people are going to encounter and really benefit from, especially those who are struggling from the same thing, that's empowerment, that is strength, and that is how you use vulnerability, not just to help yourself, but to help others as well. That's really good advice. Yeah. <laughs> and so... I want to talk a little bit about your coaching, kind of how you've built up this career for yourself and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so one of my questions on this is when you, you're meeting with someone for the first time to help them figure out a way to tell their story and kind of create a lifestyle that they want to actually live and are excited about, what is one of the first things that you're going to do to help them kind of get this understanding of or that clarity of what is it that I actually want and desire and where I am right now and how to take that first step towards that desire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a lot of entrepreneurs, um, when they're coming to me and they're like, help, I need, I need help with my story. I need help with, um, you know, designing my life and my brand and my business. Um, a lot of them, you know, they're already making money. Um, they already have like a business. They're busy, like making a course or they're busy making an offer. Um, they're, they're busy, like going through clients. And the word I keep intentionally dropping is they're busy, they're busy, they're busy, they're busy. And they're creating the, the, they're creating a product. They're creating their business. They're creating like offers. They're trying to figure out, they're creating content. They're trying to figure out how, how to get like, you know, um, you know, things that people complain to me, like it's, uh, come to me with, it's like, Oh, people love me, but they're not buying from me. How can I get my audience to connect with me? Um, how can I uh, actually like get my story and pitch it to publications so that like I can get myself out there? How can I um, grow my business by using my brand? And uh, the bigger question, and this is the first step I take them through, that they're not asking is why are you doing this? And uh, you know, one of the first questions I ask them is what is your vision? Like what is your vision? And, uh, you know, that is, uh, the 99%, I say 99% because I'm still waiting for somebody to surprise me and prove me wrong. Um, 90% of the time they give me some generic sentence, which might be beautifully copywritten, something like, Oh, I want to help women find their purpose in life. Like I want to help, uh, women like, you know, scale their business to success. And I'm like, why? Like, Oh, you know, I just love freedom. I love, I love traveling. I love like having a business. I know it just makes me so happy. I'm like, why? 
And uh, you can probably see where this is going. <laughs> they're, they're hiding from themselves. Um, they're hiding from themselves. They are, um, and again, I'm not like sitting here accusing you of this because we all do it. I just, I mean, again, look, I just came out of a challenge where I was like, oops, I'm still hiding from myself. It's a process of, <laughs> of rediscovering ourselves. This is a lifelong journey, but, um, entrepreneurs who basically they get to a point where they just are stuck and either this comes in the form of like, I'm not making money, um, or it's anymore, uh, or it's coming from in the form of like, nobody's paying attention to my message. I can't get published. Basically, they just hit a point where they just feel completely paralyzed. And the reason why that is, is because they're doing, they're doing, they're doing, they're building, they're building, they're building, but they're not taking a step back and asking themselves, what is the bigger reason why I'm doing this? And that has everything to do with your story and understanding your story and then zooming out, understanding how your story ties into your brand story which is the brand and the business that you are looking to create. Because once you get what your vision actually is, which is, has everything to do with why you're doing what you're doing, who you're doing it for, because you also picked your audience for a reason, and what the transformation is that is you're creating for these people. Because if you have a business, I sure as hell hope that you're transforming people's lives, <laughs> even if it's a simple way, even if you're transforming them by serving them with like the fuzziest of socks so that their <laughs> feet are warm in the winter. Like it doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I'm changing your life forever kind of thing. But um, if you have a business, I sure as hell hope if you want to last that um, you're, you're providing a product or a service that is actually like making people's lives better, then you better sure as hell be caring and paying attention to your vision. And until you actually sit back look at your story and figure out your reason why and how that ha relates to do with your business and how you're running your business. That is where the answer is. That's where you figure out why you're not getting enough clients. That's why you figure out why you're blocked money mindset, why you're not making the money that you want, why you, you're not letting yourself look at all the possibilities that you have because money's always flowing towards you. You're the one that's blocking it. Um, you're not seeing um, essentially like why does that other people are not paying attention to your story because you're not paying attention to your story. So why do you expect other people to care? So there's a lot. Again, I could go on and on. But the short of it is the very first step um, to building a, a thriving business as I have seen it, a thriving, impactful business is to take a step back and actually connect with your story, connect with your reason why. Because when you do, it's going to be very clear what strategies you need to use, um, how to create your brand, what offers to create, um, what sort of essentially like how you need to connect with your audience. Um, so that all starts with why you're doing this to begin with. And that is a hard question that a lot of people don't spend time sitting with and actually addressing. And uh, that is uh, why a lot of businesses fail. <laughs> That is a very hard question to answer and to ask, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, I know we're kind of coming up on our time here, but I'm just curious, you've probably, I don't know if you know an exact number of how many people you've coached at this point, but what are some of the characteristics or traits you've seen of people who are really good at receiving coaching and who are able to take this advice and these exercises and really make genuine and like true and lasting change, whether in their business or their personal life? Mm -hmm. I'd say uh, the first number one defining characteristic, even when I pick, because I pick my clients as much as they pick me, is that you will take action even when you're scared. 
that's the number one thing, right? Because you stepping out of your comfort zone is what you need to make change full stop. You need to step out of your comfort zone if you want to make big changes. So number one is being willing to take action even when you're afraid. Uh, number two is wanting to create something that's bigger than yourself because anyone who just wants to make money and that's all they want to do is just like make fast money and like build a business that gives them like cold hard cash and they don't actually give a fuck about like serving other people and like putting leaving the world a better place than they found it. I don't want I don't want to work with them. Like I will send them elsewhere. Um, so it's that like just knowing that you're meant for more, knowing that you are here, you've been put here for more. And that you want to create something with your business, with your brand that is going to change people's lives. And not only that, um, a desire to live a fulfilling life for yourself, right? Because a lot of people, you know, it's like, okay, I'm sure they're like creating products or transforming people's lives. But in the process, they sacrifice their own life. But I'm here to show you that it's possible for you to impact other people's lives positively and create a product or service that really helps them. And also live your life, spend time with your kids, like go outside, like, you know, like the way also the way that I I've designed my life is, um, I work hard, but I work smart, right? So I don't need to work 10 hours a day. I can work four hours, five hours and get everything I need to get done. And then go meet my friends, like go write, like go watch a sunset by the beach. So, um, people who come to me really care about freedom. They're very ambitious, ambitious. They have huge dreams and, uh, they're ready to essentially face themselves, um, face themselves, do the inner work, do the self-development part, and then take that self-development and transform it into something that creates them abundance. And I mean, by that, I mean abundance in terms of you absolutely love the life that you live and you're building, creating a business that is helping others and making you a fuck ton of money. So <laughs> it's about creating that sort of balance but in order to do that, you need to be willing to take action. You need to be willing to invest in your self-development, in yourself. And by invest, I don't mean just money, although that too, but energy and desire and time. So, um, yeah, those are, you know, I actually love my clients because every one of them is ambitious as hell, incredibly intelligent, um, really motivated, is building a business that is serving other people. And um, they are ready to get their method to not just get clear on extreme clarity on their story and their reason why, but to share that clarity by getting their story out into the world, you know, getting communicating it out into the world. Um, So, yeah. I love it. Very wonderful. Thank you so much. And um, I just quick question. When is the last time that you've read The Alchemist? Oh, my gosh. That's my, <laughs> the, wait, I know it's on the Internet. So every time people like say something about me, I'm like, ooh, how did you know? But then I'm like, you probably just read it. <laughs> uh, that's my it's my favorite book of all time. I actually have a tattooed a tattoo of it. But um, fun fact, um, <laughs> I read it. I say last time was like two years ago, but I read it. Um, 13 years ago for the first time or I've read it a few times but the last one was a couple years ago did you know it was my hair book yeah okay and yeah, it's yeah. I, I read it a few <laughs> years ago and it was like one of the main motivators or inspirations for my own travels and kind of leaving a corporate mm-hmm. job and stuff so I could uh I can sense that you've read it a few times yeah. for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 definitely it's like uh for a long time it was my bible you know yeah. um but uh, yeah, he's uh, it's it's a brilliant book, and I'm all about that. You're finding your personal legend and enjoying the journey rather than the final destination, um, and actually being here, like in every moment that we're here, um, and we're living this like there's no fucking rush. 
There's no rush. And by that, I don't mean you can go sit in your couch, like, you know, eating potato chips and hating your life and don't rush. I mean (laughs) that build what you want to build, create the life that you want to create and enjoy the fruits of your labor. That's what I mean. Love it. It's a good place to stop, I think. Um, (laughs) I know, yeah, kind of quick conversation, but is there anything that I haven't asked or we haven't discussed that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, I would just say to whoever's listening that I know in every fiber of my being that you are capable of so much more than you may even think you are. Like, you know, it's, it's incredible. Like we human beings, like we have this unlimited potential for change, for transformation, transformation, for resilience, for growth. And, uh, I just invite you to really look within yourself and, um, to be willing to, to see what's there, the good, the bad, the beautiful, the ugly, like all of it, because all of it has made you, you. And, uh, if there's anything in your life that you want to change, um, if there's anything you're unhappy with, like, you are capable. Um, you are capable of changing it. You are capable of living a life that you're really proud of. You're capable of looking yourself in the mirror and just absolutely loving who you are. Um, you're capable of having really beautiful, fulfilling relationships in your life and all the things that you think you can't. I invite you to challenge yourself that you're wrong, that you can. Um, and for you to turn that into a reality, the first step is just saying, yes, yes, I can. Yes, I am capable. The very, very first step is saying today, my life changes. And you know, when I did that, when I said today, my life changes, I had no idea I'd be sitting here right now, like in Bali, like with my own business, um, that I designed like my, literally my dream job that I created, um, fulfilling friendships, like my life is not perfect, but I can say with confidence that I feel really fulfilled and I'm building and I'm creating something that I love. And, uh, and it, it, I couldn't have known that that day where I was miserable in, in New York City in my corporate job and I literally just, oh, I just got had gotten dumped and my rent had just gotten up and I didn't get the promotion I wanted and my grandpa just died. Like everything was just happening and I was so miserable and I couldn't have gone any lower and I said to myself, I change, I'm going to change my life and I couldn't have known that this was what was on the other end. So um, it takes a decision and then it takes courage to take the steps there even when you don't know where you're going. So do it. Thank you. I'm glad that you you did you took those steps and you're sharing it so bravely and vulnerable vulnerably with the world, and uh, inspiring so many of us other people to to follow in our own footsteps and similar paths. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you everyone. <laughs> thank you, Celine, and uh, until next time. Alrighty. Till next time. Hey everyone, Lee here again real quick with the question of the episode, which is, what is a value that is extremely important for you to uphold in your life? Head to edgeofcomfort.com forward slash EOCP28, that's the numbers 28, and leave your answer or story in the comments section at the bottom of the post. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to reading your answers. Cheers! Cheers!